Good evening, church family. I would like to take the opportunity, first of all, to thank Pastor Mendes and the Verity Baptist Church for affording me the opportunity to be here and even to use a pulpit. I am honored because I know as a man of God, I do not allow strangers behind the pulpit. And sometimes, um, as ministers, you shoot yourself in the foot by allowing strangers uh, behind the pulpit. Thank you very much, Pastor. Thank you very much, uh, Verity family. Um, one thing that I observe of Ephesians 5, or let me allow uh, to title my sermon, and the title for the sermon of mine is God, godly families. Let me repeat it again. God, in other words, take care of godly families. And if I have a look at Ephesians 5, the first two verses tells us to imitate God. In whatever we do, we need to imitate God. And then from there onwards, it tells us then to flee fornication. The world teaches us and the wickedness of this world teaches us to embrace fornication, embrace adulterous relationships, embrace all types of wickedness. And the Bible teaches us as children of God to flee fornication. And the other thing that I, that I love about Ephesians 5 is the advice that are given to the husband and the wife. And then if advice is given to the husband and wife, to me that advice is then automatically given to a family. And, and we need to understand that God has a perfect plan for the family. And the enemy doesn't approve of God's plans for the family. If I say God, families, I don't necessarily mean it's only the pastor's families that needs to be guarded, but every family that is God-fearing, every family that are saved, every family that loves the Lord and comes to church, go out soul winning, every family with godly values needs to be guarded and protected. The Bible, the Bible has a lot to say about families. Uh, in fact, God's words are full of wisdom for the family. Uh, uh, it's full of wisdom for the family and guidance. And, and in every, for every uh, stage of a family, whether you are a single man, whether you are married, whether you are parenting, the Bible always has something to say for the family. That means that the family unit are important. And, 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 and if we understand that the family unit is important, that is what God intended for us to be in the beginning in, 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 in Genesis. And, 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 and the world systems will then, uh, on the other hand, try to break up families. Uh, uh, God's perfect plan is for families to grow. This wicked world wants family uh, 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 wants uh, uh, to control family, and besides uh, 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 controlling families, they want to tell families how many children you can have. They want to give you access to contraception or abortions. They want to do all these wicked things. But God's family was that that the family should grow. The family should, uh, 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 when you are family, you know how proud I am when I sit in this church and I see how families enter into the church. And then I say to myself, this is what God has intended for family. People together. God wants us to grow as a family. If God blesses you with ten children, so be it. If God blesses you with two children, so be it. But never, never say no thank you. When God blesses you, you need to receive the blessings of God. The world wants to offer you contraceptions and say, and, and, and in our country, South Africa, children as young as 12 years old are permitted to go for contraception without the permission of their parents. And the same children are also allowed to go for abortion. And our law was passed that a child as young as 12 years old can have sexual relationship and there is nothing that parents can do. 
and 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 this is an attack on the family unit because because uh, uh, what does a child of 12 years old know about sex? That child should be in school. That sh- a child should learn. And that, uh, that child should be taught godly ways by his parents and by the pastor. But the government and the systems of this world are trying to tell us that when we can have a children, go for abortion. And, and, and the new method or the new method of abortion that they are using nowadays is called homosexuality. That is their abortion pill. Because they know for a fact two men cannot procreate, nor can two women. So that is now their new abortion pill that they are using. And what they are doing, they are forcing this abortion pill or this abortion medication called homosexuality down the throats of each and every person. You don't have a choice when you switch on your TV. It is just about homos. When you, when you, when you walk into the shops, it's just about homos. We have just uh, gone past Pride, uh, Pride Month. Thank God that month is gone and, and, and it's something of the past. But everything has to do with pride and uh, but but one thing that they forget the bible said that pride goes before destruction and they are busy destroying themselves and 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 while god wants to build families homosexuality uh, the governments of this world wants to stop it why do you think why does the government they will see two a parent a, a man and a woman uh, cannot conceive baby they will rather give uh, 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 or adopt a, a baby to a faggot couple than they will do it to a heterosexual couple. Why? Because they are sick. They are sick. They don't, they don't want it. Uh, 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 remember one thing. That with facts there is always a hidden agenda. And I believe that the world's government is approving homosexuality. Proving this uh, trans, uh, transgender uh, nonsense is uh, LBGQXYZ and all these things just to control the world. Two men will never be able to have a relationship and have biological children. I love the words of the late President Robert Mugabe. When he told the Sodomites to get a hell out of his country, he told them, go to the USA. Go to South Africa. But if I catch you in my country, I will lock you up. And the only time when you'll be able to be free if you can make a baby. And we know it would never happen. So I believe, friends, that the family unit is under the attack when it comes to sodomites. The devil don't want us to have the perfect family. When God created man, he created a helper. And one of his instructions was for them to multiply. I cannot multiply with another man. And, 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 and you can do whatever you want. So I believe that God's design uh, a designed families is a source of love. So there should always be love in a family. God's perfect design for families is a source of support for one another. And a source of strength for one another. The Bible says in Psalm 127 verse 3 to 5. Lo, children are heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is the reward. Reward means it is a blessing. Every child in this building is a blessing. No matter what you go through, every child in this building is a blessing. I can remember 10 years ago when my wife was expecting our last boy. And doctors called me in and called the wife in and told us that They have bad news for us. We need to abort this child. And the reason why we should abort this child is because my wife has reached her maternal age. 
And, 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 and uh, the doctors, and, and let me just highlight this, this doctors that we are talking about is a colleague's because she's working in midwifery. And her own colleagues tells her that you know the dangers of having a baby when you're 40 years and older. You know, uh, and, 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 and they called me in and they said to me, uh, Mr. Bogart, this child uh, uh, can be born with Down syndrome. This child, this and that and that can happen. And I said to myself, this doctors, I don't care who you are, the doctor's report is never a final report. And they said to me, you need to go and we need to sign documents so that this baby can be aborted. I told the doctor, hell no, not while I'm alive. Amen. That doctor said to me, but yes, that child is going to have Down syndrome. I said, that's fine. I will accept whatever God gives to me. Amen. Months later, baby is born. And the same baby that doctors told us to abort because of Down syndrome and all types of sickness, the same baby are placed into the hands of mommy and they are told her, you have a healthy boy. God's report is the final report. That is why the Bible says in Psalm 127, Verse 3, lo, children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. And I thank God for my wife and I. We didn't for one moment think to let them abort the baby. We were willing to do whatever we need to do in order to keep our baby. Today, 10 years old, we don't have Down syndrome, he has Up syndrome. Because we are running around, this guy is giving us, this guy is giving us a joy that we've never, ever had. Amen. Just imagine, if we decided that baby need to go. Till this day we would have thought, I wonder what baby would have done now. You see, when I encourage people, and we have a lot of people that goes for abortions in South Africa because each and every government building or hospital, by law, if any person 12 years old and older comes in for an abortion, they need to abort the baby. And when people come to me, seek advice, I say to mothers, when you abort your baby, that doesn't stop you of being a mother. You are a mother of a dead child, right. killed by your own hands. Right. And sometimes people say, Pastor, but you are hard, but that is the truth. Right. You see, you can hide your pregnancy from your mother. You can hide your pregnancy from everyone around you. You cannot hide your pregnancy from your conscience. And till the day you die, if you aborted a baby, you will always think, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. And I want to encourage each and every one of you. The family unit that God has created is holy. You need to take care of your family. You need to bring your family to the house of the Lord. I am so proud when I speak of my wife. I'm married for 30 years to one woman. And I am proud because I'm married the love of my life. Do we make mistakes? Yes, we do. But our marriage after 30 years is still work in progress. We're still working on it. And marriage is something that you work on every day of your life. You don't stop working on your marriage. You will have challenges in your marriage. I don't care how saved you are. You will have challenges in your marriage. But you never give up on marriage. Because that is what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to give up. The Bible says further in verse 4 of Psalm 127 verse. As arrows are in the Lord's mighty hand. So are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. 
They shall not be ashamed, but they will speak with the enemies in the gate. God also gave us as dads special responsibilities. And sometimes we get fathers that, that have sex and they walk. In South Africa, we say they went, to, they went to buy washing powder. They went to the shop and they never returned. And, and sadly, sadly, we have a lot of them. But we as a church needs to guard the family and we need to keep it intact. That is why in, in the church, we encourage that before you go into any sexual relationship, that you need to know that you need to be married to the person that you're going to sleep with. You need to honor the person that you sleep with. You, need, you, you, you see, to many people, sex is nothing. And, 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 and they say, no, we are created to have sex. No, you have to, are created to have sex in the bounds or in the, in the circle of marriage. You should love one another. The Bible says, happy is the man whose quivers full of them. I wish I could have ten children, but my wife will chase me. We have three children, and I'm so proud of all three of my children. God has, God has really blessed us. And in the area where we stay, we always have, a, we, 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 we always have challenges. We, have, we always have, we have to, 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 uh, to encourage our children a little, a little bit more, do a bit better with your life. We have to push. Uh, we have to tell them, go forward. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I believe that, that, that as dads we have a responsibility according to the Bible to command our families and our children in a godly manner. It is our responsibility as the father to, 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 to command or to direct your children in a godly manner. This can only be done when a dad is saved. We need more dads who are saved. That means we need more soul winners. We need more dads who reach for the Bible instead of reaching for the beer bottle and for alcohol and for drugs. But who can do that? The vineyards of California, it's vast, but the laborers are very few. And we have a responsibility as a church to keep on going out. No matter when, uh, if we are tired, no matter if we feel like giving up, we just need to, 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 uh, to, to, to try and share the gospel, go out, do what God wants us to do. On Saturday, really jet lag really kicked in. And I said to Brother Oliver, Brother Oliver, I'm really, I can feel it. I'm not going to make it. But I made my duty while I was sitting in the foyer in the hotel to share the gospel with someone. And that person got saved. Amen. You see, so, so uh, uh, sometimes you can be tired, but you still can share the gospel with someone. The Bible says in Genesis 18, verse 19, For I know that he will command his children in, or, and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. Your responsibility, Father, is to command or to lead your children in the ways of the Lord. Don't just bring them up in the ways of the Lord. I have heard a lot of people say, the Bible says in Proverbs, we need to, to bring up our children. No, you need to lead your children in the ways of the Lord. You need to lead your children to the house of the Lord. Because we have a lot of dads that will sit back and relax and tell the children, you go to church. Children should say to dad, dad, no, you come with me to church. Because you made a commitment to God to b- bring me up in the house of the Lord. So it is my encouragement. In, uh, like I said, in Genesis, we are actually commanded, the Bible commanded us as, as, as families to make the circle bigger. So whenever a family comes into the church and I see, yes, a big family comes into the church, then I have a smile on my face and then I said, Lord, how I wish I could ever have another seven babies. How I wish. You see, the problem is a lot of people say, but I cannot afford it. You don't know that. You don't know that. You need to trust God. 
Uh, yeah, but it's expensive to have babies. So what? It's expensive to eat. It's expensive to drive. It's expensive to do everything in, in life. So, so I say it again. It is our responsibility also to protect God's perfect plan uh, for the family. And this plan is found in the beginning in, 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 in Genesis Families are important to God and we need to guard families. Do not neglect your family. Can I say that again? Never, ever neglect your family. Pastor, but why, how am I neglecting a family? Many men of God, pastors are guilty of, 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 of neglecting their families for ministry or for the church. And, 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 and it is sad because a lot of pastors end up in divorce courts because the church family has become more important than their own family. In my life, and this is a commitment that I've made to God, I said, Lord, it is first God, then my family, then the church and ministry. I make time for my family. And when I make time for my family, I switch off my phone. Nobody can get hold of me. If someone die, you can tell me later. Someone give birth, you can tell me later. But I need to have time with my family. Something that I've learned in the United States at, at Faithful Word Baptist and here, it is how important families is. And we, uh, 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 our families are also sitting together now. Because I say to them, it's important that families should be together. Even in church. The Bible says in Genesis 2.24, Therefore man... Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife. And they shall be one in flesh. That is the beginning of a family. That is the beginning of a family. Therefore man shall leave his mother and father and cleave unto his wife. And from there, pre- uh, 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 the, the, the word is slipping my mind now. Uh, but from, from there onwards, we start to see babies. We start to see families being born because the man has left his mother and his father and cleaved to his wife. That doesn't mean you cannot learn from mom and dad. You can, but they shouldn't be involved in your marriage. They shouldn't be involved in your marriage because a godly family, number one, the father will always know his place in the family. Uh, the Bible says in, in, uh, uh, says in Ephesians, the Bible teaches and it says, uh, giving thanks to God, that's in Ephesians 5, he says, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of the Lord. Now many, many fathers or many men are under the false impression that they can control their wives. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible says that you need to submit to one another. In other words, you need to honor one another. In other words, you need to love one another. You need, to, you need to take care of one another. And, 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 and uh, he says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband. I don't know if it's happening in America, but it's happening in South Africa. Where wives have more respect for pastors than their own husbands. I have a policy in our church. I tell ladies in our church, straight to their face. If you don't respect your husband, you don't come in here and respect me. Go respect your husband at home first. Pastor, but you won't understand. He's, he's always drunk. He's always doing that. You married him. Your parents warned you about him. Your parents told you if you're going to marry this guy, this guy's going to give you endless problems. But yet you chose to marry him. So why don't you sit with what you married? Oh, pastor, you must come and speak to my husband. He's an adult. Why must I speak to him? You should pray to God. 
You should learn how to submit to your husband. The Bible says that Sarah called Abram Lord. Do you know my wife married 30 years? 30 years and I'm so proud of I, I love my wife. So you, I, I, I have a reason. Do you know 30 years till this day, my wife won't bring me a cup of coffee without placing it on a saucer in a tray. My wife won't bake me an egg when she has a pajamas and a gown and she will prepare herself because my wife knows how to submit and I know how to love. And if we do that, and if we understand one another with that, and then, and then, and then because she submit, I submit. And because I love, she loves. And we appreciate one another so much. Wives, submit to your own husband as unto the Lord. Really a good question that I want to ask. Who do you really submit to? Your husband or the pastor or church leadership? Yes, you need to respect pastor. Yes, you need to respect church leadership. But if you cannot submit to your husband at home, forget about submitting to your pastor here. Because respect starts at home, not in church. He says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, this. Uh, Therefore, as his church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own, and I repeat it again, to their own. Let me stutter for a second, to their own. To their own husbands in everything. Wives, sometimes it's difficult because if there is one person that can anger me the quickest, it's my wife. She just knows how to press the right buttons. She has a perfect plan and she's executing it perfectly. But you know what? Do you know what? When we love each other, we no longer get angry at one another. We address the issue. And then the Bible says, husbands, love your wife. And there's where it actually should stop. Don't look at other women. Even when you're away from home, at office. Um, one thing that I've, that I've noticed of these Americans, they have a problem with dressing modestly. I'm not talking about people in the church. I'm talking about in the hotel where I stay. Young people, 6 o'clock in the morning, walking half naked. Uh, they have no respect for their own bodies. And I said to myself, what type of parent allow a child to come out of a room half naked? What type of parent allow that? It's because... Because this is the impression that the, the world wants to give us. They are happy. Look there. The girl's hair are dyed blue and green and white and whatever you call it. The mother looks like a map because she's uh, tattooed all over. The father looks like King Kong. And, 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 and they give you the impression that they are a happy family. If you cannot dress your children at home, you cannot be happy. Because... If a man looks at my daughter and he sees my daughter as a sex object, that is my fault. Especially when my daughter goes out. I am not on my guard. I'm not guarding my children because I am exposing my children to the wicked world. If you tell your children to dress up modestly, I don't care what my children wears when they're at home. But as soon as you step out of my house, my youngest daughter told me, Dad, you're very old-fashioned. I said, yeah, that's why I'm still married to your mom. 
You see? So we need to love. Husbands, and I don't want to go further, love your wives. No explanation needed to it. When you brought your wife to the pastor or to your family, you said, Mom, this is a person that I love. This is a person that I adore. This is a person that I want to spend my life with. You married not even for a year, then you want to leave her. You disrespect her within a year. But you forget the first year of marriage that is, or the, the first seven years of marriage. That is a time where you start to know each other. You're bonding with one another. You see, the reason why the Bible says that we need to, husbands love your wife, because God doesn't want us to live in any adulterous relationships with anyone. Adultery in any relationship brings dishonor. And the Bible says in Hebrews 13, for marriage is honorable in all. And the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Please, please, please don't get me wrong. Churches today, I don't say this church. But churches today are filled with whoremongers. Adulterous relationships. Always be careful. Always be on your guard. The Bible says that um, uh, I've, I've got it in Afrikaans, uh, uh, but be always be on the lookout. I see daily uh, the parable of Luke six fourteen taking place in the lives of families. Uh, some are sensible enough to build their house and their families on the rock or the solid foundation called Jesus Christ, while others build their house on wickedness, while others build their house on the entertainment of this world, while others build their house up. I don't need to go to church. I will do this on uh, 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 YouTube. Uh, the pastor will be on YouTube. There's nothing better than sitting in a church listening to the word of God. Amen. Nothing better. The Bible says in Luke 6 verse 47 to 49, whosoever cometh to me, and heareth uh, my saying, he does them. I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built his house and dig, uh, dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood comes and the stream beat a very, <laughs> ah, good Lord. Okay, upon the house and, and could not shake it for it was founded to be on a solid rock. Your household, is your household built on the rock called Jesus or are you guys a sinking sand? And sadly, many people in the church, the houses are built on sinking sand. And I want to encourage you, what, with whatever you do, always guard your family. Amen. The only way for you to guard your family is for man number one. And I start with the man, because the man is very important Amen. to love his family. Amen. Unconditionally. Yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. I have teenage daughters. Yeah, I have this. I've been there. I've done it. It's gone. When my daughter wanted to take over my house, I put out, go. Go. My wife said, ah, but it's the girl. I said to her, I'm the husband of the house. I chucked her out of my house. She went to stay with my sister. And while staying with my sister, she realized there's nothing as better than the house of my mom and my dad. And she pleaded for months before I allowed her to come back. And when she came back, I laid down my rules again. And I said to her, we go to church. We do soul winning. This is what we do. This is what we do. And you know what she said? Dad, 
I'm sorry for everything that I've done. I will do it. Today, I am proud. Sometimes, we just need to show them who's the boss. Sometimes, you just need to show them if they say, I want to move out. Wish me luck. As I wave you goodbye. Cheerio, yeah, I go on my way. That is my, that is my attitude towards a child that comes and tells me, I want to go. Bye-bye. You see, and when you move out, don't let the door eat you on the way. Please. You see, because I'm the father in the house. I love my wife. I love my children. And, and if my children disrespect and dishonor me, I will show them by being strict. I'm a strict dad. And I love my children. And I love my wife. But that doesn't mean I'm going to allow them to walk over me. What, one of the first things that Fags wants to do today, they want to come and break up your family. Watch out. Be under God. Sometimes a fag that's in your family will come. And he wants to come into your house and he wants to sit in your house. Why do you allow him in your house? He decided that he wanted to be a reprobate. Put him out of your house. He doesn't belong in your house. He doesn't belong among your children. I passed about you very hard. Ah, that is me. Do you know one day uh, a, a friend of mine, he had a funeral and, 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 and he passed on. And he was the elder. Uh, 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 the elder in his church passed away, not the elder, his son passed away. And he asked me, uh, uh, Pastor, please come help me with the sermon. And because he knows on my stance on homosexuality, uh, and the eldest, the elder in the church, his son was a fag. And he was the one that passed away. And he asked me, I said to him, no problem, I will come and help you. This is the time for me. I said to myself to preach to all these fags and tell them they're going to hell. You know, the morning before the funeral, I received an urgent call. Pastor, don't worry to come. I ask him why not. No, here's a lot of fags at the church and I know it's not going to turn out good. <laughs> you see, because we need to take a stance, even if it's our children. As a family... We need our children or we want our family to be strong and be blessed in whatever we do. We need uh, to become doers of the word of God. How do we become doers of the word of God? If God says that no to fags, no to homosexuality, whether they are your family or not, they're not welcome. That is, that is, that is me they call me, uh, uh, in South Africa, I'm called a hate preacher. Um, why? Because I will put my own family out of a church if he's a fag. And I don't care what people have to say about me. Because who am I to say that person can be saved when, when the Bible says God has rejected him? Hmm? He's dead already. And people don't want to understand that. Oh, pastor, where's your love? What love? Got a lot of love. Because the, the love inside of me protecting, uh, is protecting your children. That's why I'm chasing you out. Let me just, uh, let, let, let me just give you this uh, brief testimony. One day we had a fact that came into the church, or transgender, whatever you call it, and I didn't know that, that the queer person was in the church. And, and one of the elder ladies in the church came to me and said, Pastor, now, now we, call, we call them two, two words. We call them a morphy. Or a bunny. And a morphie is, according to them, is a derogatory term. But they call each other morphies. But if I call them a morphie, I'm taken to court. And, and she came to me and she says to me, Pastor, uh, that, that is a fag. I got up. I'm protecting my family. I'm guarding your family. I'm guarding my family as a man of God. It's my responsibility. I got up and I walked to that fag and I put him out of the church. Put him out of the church. And, and I said to him, if you ever come back to the church, God is going to deal with you. 
following week, I think I was in Arizona. Here the fact is again. I'm in the U.S. The fact is in church. And I still need to train up a lot of guys that have the guts that what I have. And the one elder gets up and he puts him out of the church. Amen. Go. You don't belong here. And he walks down the road on his way home. And he's killed by a bus. Yes. Not, oh, yeah! <laughs> he's killed by a bus. And they called me and they told me, you know that guy? He's killed. They say they're waiting for you for the funeral. I say they wait until they die. I'm on my way to Switzerland. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say, we need to take a stand. You see, if you guard your family, you will not allow anything to happen to them. You will protect your family at all costs. You will do what you need to do to protect your family. And, 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 and let me be quite honest with you. The agenda of this fags is to infiltrate families, to infiltrate schools. Why do they want to be there? Why? It's because they know that our children, if they can get to the mindset of our children, they are going to confuse our children. Friend, we need to become doers of the word of God. From the eldest to the youngest in our family, and our foundation should be strong in God. Our adversary, the devil, will always try to destroy what we are trying to build up. But we need to know one thing with God on our side, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing can pluck us from the hands of God. If you want to be a part of God's family, receive the free gift of the eternal life, we should do the will of God. And Pastor Stephen Anderson said, now they are the morning so nicely, we should try to live righteously. Many of us, after we are saved, we are under the impression we can do what we want to do. And then they say, ah, we once saved, always saved, so God is not going to worry with you. You need to live righteously, my brother and sister. You need to live in the will of God. You need to pray with your family. You have a responsibility to build your house on the foundation called Jesus Christ. You need to love your wife. Wife, you need to love your own husband. And from there onwards, you will see there's some sort of a foundation. We ought to walk in godly wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs 4 verse 1, he says, Every wise woman buildeth her house, but a foolish plucketh it down with her own hands. In other words, but a foolish woman destroys her own house. We need wise men and wise women in the house and in this house. We need wise women to go out with their husbands and preach the gospel. We need wise people. We need to walk wisely. We need to walk righteously with God. Do everything in your power to protect your family. Take care of your family because the enemy is out to destroy your family. This is no longer just a, a battle that you think it's between me and that fag or between me and that. This is a, has become a spiritual family. And, and just imagine if they can have one, one of our children who, who turns out uh, uh, to be uh, like a lesbian or, or a homo. Just think how they're going to rejoice. I must told you that. They've cursed me many a times and said to me, your son is going to turn out to be a homo. My son hates homos. So do everything in your power. First, first Timothy 5 said, but, but if, uh, uh, 5, 8 says, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. 
You need to take care of your family. You need to guard your family. Guard your family with your life. Whatever it takes. Pastor, are you telling me to go out and to go kill? I never said that. I said guard your godly family. Because, because your family is godly, the devil is going to attack. You see? Whatever, whatever, whatever God tries to build, Satan tries to destroy. And if you try to build a godly family, the devil is going to try to destroy you and destroy your family. But you will never be able to destroy you and your family because your house is built on a solid foundation. You are a man of God that goes out, wins souls for the Lord. You come to church. You bring your family to church. You see, my son is 10 years old. And when he sees a fact, he said, uh, uh, he, he don't want to look at a fact. Because that's why I teach him. I teach him the right way. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.22, Whoso so findeth a wife findeth a good thing. We are lucky. We are not lucky. Luck is for, for, for gamblers. We are blessed. We are blessed. When we have a good wife, we are blessed. We should appreciate them. We should, once in a while, we should take them out. We should spoil them. I do it once a month, twice a month with my wife. I say to her, come, let's go have a cup of coffee. Come, let us have some time for each other. And you know what? That only builds our relationship stronger, stronger, and stronger. The Bible says to the children here, as I'm concluding, the Bible says, Exodus 12, 20, honor thy father and thy mother, children. Never forget to honor them. You will never know what a parent is going through to give you an education. You will never know what a parent is going through to put food on the table. You will never know everything that the dad and the mom have to endure perhaps while they are at work in order for you to have a meal tonight. And sometimes as we grow up, we take advantage because we think it must be like that. You need to honor your parents. But the Bible says if you honor your parents so that your days may be long. God wants to bless you. I'm still going to be an old man because I honored my father and my mother. I believe in that. COVID couldn't kill me. So, this is my encouragement. Let us guard the godly family. Let us pray for the godly family. Let us live and walk righteously and in wisdom as a godly family. Do not allow the enemy to point a finger at you. Do, you will never be able to do good enough for everyone. But you do the best and you stay in the Bible. You stay in scripture. If the Bible says love, love. If you preach about love, preach about the love. But never forget to preach about the wrath of God as well. You need to, you need to. You need to protect your family. You need to love your family. Never forget my parting words for this year. Never forget to pray with your children. Never forget that. Never. I love my wife. My wife, my my daughter's 29 years old, the eldest one. And my wife makes sure that she prays before she goes out of the house. And I don't want to say how many times my eldest daughter says, but mommy, I'm late for work. You pray. That's a policy. Don't let your children run out to school or to wherever they go to, go to a party, come to church without praying for your children. Because the enemy is like a roaring lion, the Bible says, and he wants to destroy our families. 
If we are not on God, if we are not on God, the enemy is going to trap each and every one of us. My prayer of my heart is that this family verity, besides guarding this family, go guard your family at home. Besides honoring this pastor, honor your husband at home. You see, that is where it all starts. The real church doesn't start here. This is where, where, where this is a filling station where we fill you up spiritually. But the real church starts at home with your family. Your neighbors having a look at you and say, that is a godly family. That is a family that I want to look up to. Any person in my street, you can ask them, actually, a couple of kilometers away, then they tell you, no, Pastor Bogart is staying there and he's staying there and he's staying there. Because you know what? I'm trying to live a godly life. I try, I try my best. Do I make mistakes? Yes, of course I do. But you know what? If I live a godly one, uh, life, I'm going to give godly instructions to my family. And if my family is godly, their friends is going to be godly. They are looking for the solution for crime in our country. And I say to them, you want to police crime. You need to get the family back together, back to God. And then we are going to get a safer community. Because a godly family is a family that prays for a community. And that family and that community will be so much better off. Let us bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we love you and thank you for this lesson that we could learn today to guard our families at all costs. Father, we know that people is not always going to be satisfied with the way that we are preaching and, and what we are saying. But we need to pray the truth. Uh, we need to preach the truth. We need to live righteously and walk in wisdom. I pray each and every family here start to guard their families from today onwards. In Jesus' name, amen.